What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Another Thursday, another episode of Simply Sessions. Uh, we're going to be going through all of the craziness that's been going on this week. Uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's been nothing short of entertaining, uh, if anything. But anyways, welcome. Uh, we will have Nico in here to give us the latest and greatest in everything that's been going on in Bitcoin this week. Of course, this is live, so anything can happen. I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. If you have not already, please do like, subscribe, share, all those things super important. Getting this content in front of more eyeballs, hit that little like button just below the screen, share this on whatever socials you may be on. And of course, subscribe, help me in my quest to 100,000 subscribers by the end of 2024. We're on track. So thank you guys that have been doing that. Anyways, I am Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your Simply Session. Before we dive in, I am first going to take a look at where we are in the market right now. I am bringing up timechaincalendar.com and simultaneously I'm going to bring up the live chat. Everything that you type into the live chat from here on in will be live for the world to see for better or worse. And uh, timechaincalendar.com, we're sitting at $46,431 per coin. A single US dollar will snag you 2,154 sats in terms of fees. Nice to see those low double digits for a change. 37 sats per byte next block. Anytime fee, 33 sats per byte. Mempool is purging anything sub 23 sats per byte. And in terms of Bitcoin mine, 19.6 million of them. That's 93.31% of the entire supply. Uh, of course, side note, if you guys need any additional help alongside the free tutorials that are available on the YouTube channel, uh, if you need some more handholding, you can reach out to me at btcsessions.ca and book me for private one-on-one -on -one sessions. Shout out to sponsor of the show, hodlhodl.com. If you're buying Bitcoin and you have some priorities in mind, including peer-to-peer -peer trading, instant self-custody, no KYC, you can sign up here with nothing more than an email address. Once you're in, choose your currency, payment method, and an amount and start browsing offers immediately to stack non-KYC SaaS. They also have peer-to-peer -peer lending with no rehypothecation. Check them out. Links are down below. Now, of course, after stacking SaaS, you're going to want to use some of the best hardware on the market to secure them. And I love CoinKite and everything they're doing. The Cold Card Mark IV is my go-to. I have all their other go uh, their goodies like tap signers, cold cards, uh, sats cards block clocks and i pre-ordered the hell out of the cold card queue very excited for that one so if you want to pre-order that or pick up anything else i've been mentioning head over to coinkite.com use code btc sessions for some heavy discounts at checkout backups of course are important as well and cedar has one of the most beautifully designed and robust options on the market their disc and capsule design has you set up with your full uh your full kit to get your seeds going either one or two, depending on the starter set you grab. Um, if you do need to swap out a seed, you can just swap out the discs. You don't have to replace the entire system. And you can add in additional info like the name of the wallet, derivation paths, all that kind of stuff. So check them out. Links are down below depending on where you are shipping to. Uh, Nunchuck has you covered with your multi-sig or your assisted multi-sig needs. Their Honey Badger program 
sets you up with a multi-sig on your mobile device. They handhold you the whole way through. Once you're set up, they hold one key, you hold three. Uh, the whole thing has baked in inheritance planning, so your sats get to your next of kin if anything should happen to you. And bonus, no KYC. You don't need to give up your personal information to set this thing up and have it work for you. Check them out today, nunchuck.io. And finally, shout out to Start9, your sovereign computing solution. These guys have plug and play devices to host not only your Bitcoin stack, but your personal data. So you can host things like Bitcoin Core, your Lightning Node, Mempool.space, Join Market, as well as files, passwords, photos, Nostra Realism, clients, AI, tag, all kinds of great stuff. You can check them out. You can pick up a server light on the entry level all the way up to what I'm running, which is the Start9 Server Pure. Start9.com, you can check them out and you can check out my tutorial how to set the thing up. Anyways, with that, let's finish with my rambling. Let's get Nigo in here. There he is. Good to see you, man. How you doing? Yo! What's up, dude? Oh, man. Hyped. What a, what a, can I, can, is it, has it been past the two minute mark? Yes. What a clusterfuck <laughs> of a week, bro. Holy cow. Oh, man, dude. It's like, been insane. I can't, like, I, I sat like laughing and clapping at the screen of my computer. Yes. Like, how could you look away? It was such, like, I mean, the past two days have been just an absolute train wreck um, and entertaining as hell. And like the seething and the anger and the vitriol of everybody that didn't like it for one reason or the other. Oh, just, it's like that meme. They're like, oh, feels good. <laughs> so good. Dude, it's it's just crazy. Like it, it's it's absolutely nuts. Uh, but I think like it's just a testament to like how strong Bitcoin's incentives are. Because mm -hmm. um, like, dude, like they, they weren't able to stop this. And <laughs> like we know that Gary Gensler was colluding with Elizabeth Warren's office yeah. on trying to stop this thing going through. And the fact that Bitcoin's incentives just like you know brute forced it in is just crazy. But it, it, at the same time, it's like the absolute mishandling of, first of all, it, it reminds me of the, the scene from Gladiator where he's like, are you not entertained? It, it like reminds me of that because it's you're absolutely spot on. This has been pure entertainment. But yeah. at the same time, the absolute mishandling by this government oh. agency was just like, what what are they doing? The, the, the legitimacy, the 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 you know, the the public's trust in that institution they just dropped the ball in so many ways, delaying if, the inevitable. Oh, if anybody had, if anybody on the legacy side of things had any, any like trust in these institutions to like about their competency, holy hell, did that ever dissolve over the past couple of days? What, what an absolute insane nightmare. This has uh -huh. been so funny, so funny. A hundred percent. It's been absolutely hilarious. P great grade A entertainment without a shadow of a doubt um, and an absolute cluster F. So anyways, uh, here's Walker of America. Twitter did such a good job at aggregating all this news. Um, but yeah, so this is essentially what happened uh, on at 3 p.m. on the uh, 9th of January. This tweet came out from the official, official SEC uh, government verified account. And it said today the SEC grants approval for Bitcoin ETFs for listing on all registered national security exchanges. The approved Bitcoin ETFs will be subject to ongoing surveillance and compliance measures. Right. 
Then fast forward, Gary Gensler says, the SEC Twitter account was ha was compromised and an unauthorized tweet was posted. The SEC has not approved the listing and trading of spot Bitcoin exchange traded products. Fast forward, of course, the legacy media comes to the rescue. The problem is that the legacy media is being disintermediated by people like me and you, Ben. Independent content creators. People don't really trust what the legacy media has to say. Maybe it's because they've been just a tiny little bit dishonest. Check out the framing in this Bloomberg article because, like, it's like they think we're stupid, I think. Anyways, it goes on to say the headline for the audio listeners is SEC account hack amplifies questions about X security. That's right. It has nothing to do with the government dropping the ball, securing the account. They have to call into question the security of Elon Musk and his platform. The SEC said its account on social network X was compromised, leading to a spike in the price of Bitcoin, raising fresh questions about X reliability as a source of information and the security of options for its users. Did you see how they framed that, Ben? Did you see that? <laughs> that is like straight up propaganda, my friend. Oh, Lord. Like, I... I I can't, I can't, I love the, I mean, we'll get to it. I'm sure like the, the, the class, I don't want to spoil anything. Because there's so, so many fun things that happened with all this. So that, that's how the, you know, the legacy media responded. Um, this is how they responded on TV. And you'll notice, uh, for example, that one of the anchors wasn't buying it and just take a look at like the thousand yard stare, um, when she came to a certain realization. Oh, I don't know if we got it. Oh, sorry about that. There we go. Let's try that one more time. There we go. Okay, and so I'm just going to reiterate it one more time. It would appear that X has been hacked, that the U.S. government, the SEC, has not been hacked, uh, right. which in of itself would have been quite interesting since the SEC... <laughs> Did you see that side stare? Oh, <laughs> like, in the blink? Like, oh, man, they really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I... Oh my God. It's so great. It's so great. <laughs> it's so good. And of course the community note coming into the rescue X was not hacked. The SEC account was compromised. The SEC account did not have two factor authentication enabled. Someone gained control of the SEC's phone number associated with the account via a third party. But wait, ladies and gentlemen, it gets a lot be better. I tweeted this out. Uh, it seems like Twitter did a little bit of investigating. Seems like Gary didn't follow his <laughs> fucking rules. <laughs> uh, this is a tweet from October 24th, and it says, This is a reminder to secure your financial accounts as well as protect against identity theft and fraud. Remember, use strong passwords or passphrases. Set up multi-factor authentication. Um, keep account alerts turned on. <laughs> But wait, Ben, there's more. <laughs> I hope Gary's watching this right now. <laughs> He's not, but it would be so great. Oh, man. October 16th, a tweet from the SEC. Careful what you read on the internet. The best source of information about the SEC <laughs> is the SEC. <laughs> It seems like that didn't work out, did it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. 
dude, it's so good. It's so good. It's an absolute disaster. Uh, they really fucked up. And um, but there's more. Like you have to question yourself. Like why are they framing it like this? Like why is the legacy media framing it like this? Because the whole thing is like, look, we're the SEC. Uh, but essentially, what they charged Elon, which coincidentally is now the new owner of Twitter, uh, back in 2018. They charged him of securities fraud for misleading tweets, right? You know, that was a huge deal. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you consumer protection brought to you by the SEC manipulating the market with misleading tweets, right? I mean, the crazy thing looking at that is you have to think about what they did in that moment. The, even though the tweet wasn't meant to be sent out, the market responded by saying, this is, this is good for Bitcoin. You know, I, I placed bets on this and I'm now, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I think that this is good and I'm purchasing Bitcoin because of this. The SEC knew that even though they didn't send the tweet, that it was factual. And they turned around and they tweeted out, we have not approved this. They wiped out anybody that was basically placing bets on the direction of price action based on that tweet, knowing full well that within 24 hours, they were going to turn around and, and correct it and say like, oh yeah, well now we're approving it. Now that we wiped out, God knows how much money. A hundred percent. And, and the worst part, like Ben, out of all this is that they use the legacy media to essentially place the blame on Elon because they essentially are guilty, uh, guilty of what they accused Elon of, right? Yeah. It's exactly what you said. They must have known the day before that this was going to get approved. They wiped out a bunch of people, and then they say, no, 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 we didn't approve it. But here's the worst part. They don't even take responsibility for saying, yeah, guys, we messed up. We got to raise our game. And the reason that they can't take responsibility is because they have to save face. Like, if they can't even secure their own account, how are they expected to safeguard, um, you know, consumers? Because that's the whole point of the agency. This is why this tweet is so perfect. It's like, this is literally a government agency, if you were on a long position or a short position, literally wrecking you. They manipulated the market with that tweet. They could have just let it go. They could have been like when the Grand Theft Auto trailer, it was leaked a day before. You know what they did? The the rock star, whatever, the developer, they went on Twitter and they said, hey, the trailer was leaked. We're going to release it now just yeah. so, so you guys can see it. But they can't do that. They have to save face. They have to, like, you know, present themselves from a position of authority and like say, like, no, we didn't do this. Like they are guilty of the thing they accused Elon of, which I think is poetic justice because now he owns Twitter. Yeah. of five years ago like yeah. they, they fucked up they really fucked up here you know it's um it, yeah it's unbelievable because it, it like it didn't even like end there even on the day of launch right like there was there was the cboe and i don't know if you you were gonna touch on this but the cboe started putting up all these like approval letters and everything and then they and then <laughs> midday they started yoinking them because they like what jumped the gun early or something and then ever the market starts freaking out and dumping because like it had gone up because they saw those go up and then the cboe yoinks all the approval letters off because they they probably the intern there jumped the gun and then on top of that the sec 
the PDF of the approvals went up and then they yoinked it offline. It seems like they jumped the gun there too by like whatever, an hour. And then they released it again. Like the amount of fucking up here was unfathomable. Like, I mean, it's just, it was a chef's kiss of like, these are, these are supposed to be the adults in the room and uh-huh. they, their thumbs are up their asses. A hundred percent. Like these are the, these are supposed to be, you know, the regulators and they did a horrible job, absolute embarrassment. And they didn't, they weren't able to stop it. Like the reason that they were walking this so slowly is because they didn't want to approve this. Gary Genzer really, really like the salt and we'll get to in a second. He was so salty. Uh, We got lucky because an hour before uh, Simply Sessions, Elizabeth Warren finally came out with her, uh, you know, her, her, her defeat tweet. She's super salty as hell. Uh, There was another SEC commissioner that said like, basically this is the end of the world. Uh, Like it it was just an absolute total effing embarrassment. Uh, Yeah. I'm just so, so, so disappointed. Breaking news. They are not adults. Absolutely not. Because thanks Becca. This is just, it's absolutely (laughs) embarrassing, but you know, I think the good guys, uh, I think the good guys won at the end. Um, So yesterday was a historic moment. And man, this is the world has the universe has some crazy coincidences because the day that the Bitcoin ETF was approved, which was yesterday, it started trading today. uh, How Finney tweeted back in 2009, January 10th, right? Same as same as yesterday, January 10th, he tweeted running Bitcoin. So shout out to Hal Finney, uh, absolute legend, you know, part of this we're literally standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, I cannot believe that it got approved the same day, uh, 2009 that this happened. So, uh, that's, that's pretty crazy. I don't know if you have any words, uh, for, for how Ben, I mean, it's, yeah, it is, it is poetic that, um, and it keeps on liking my shit. There you go. Yeah. Like again, how many times, by the way, have you been back to re-like that? that (laughs) I think right below it, uh, I've 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 responded. Uh, the the real proof of work is Bitcoin is coming back here to relike this tweet for fourteen plus years. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh you know it's it's just crazy, man. It's it's crazy how this happened. You know everything's come full circle. But the big news is that finally uh, the spot Bitcoin ETF was approved. Started trading today. Seems like it was a bit of a sell the news uh, moment, but we'll get to why that could be it in a second. We we do have news to cover that. Uh, but again, it was an absolute uh, disaster in terms of how salty these tears were. Here's Gary Gensler's uh, you know, initial statements. Very long, but I- I'm going to read you guys the best part out of all of this. Uh, Nick Carter, he's been going absolutely crazy on Twitter the last couple of days. Um, his tweet was hilarious. He says, I used to flip the board over when I lost risk or monopoly, and even I wasn't this sore of a loser. So <laughs> Gary Genzer says, though we're merit neutral, I would note... <laughs> We're neutral. However, I would note that the underlying assets in the metal ETPs have consumer and industrial uses, while in contrast, Bitcoin is primary speculative, uh, primary speculative. So, okay, hold on a second. We're neutral. The market has given it value. People find it valuable or else it wouldn't be at like 46K right now. 
but we're still telling you that it's a speculative asset. That doesn't sound neutral whatsoever. Yeah. Volatile asset that's also used. And here's this is where Elizabeth Warren was like, we have to have the final say. We yeah. have to have the final say. Uh, the, the asset is also used for illicit activity, including ransomware, money laundering, sanction evasion, and terror fi terrorist financing. While we approve this listing and trade trading of certain spot Bitcoin ETPs shares today, we did not approve or endorse Bitcoin. Investors should remain cautious about the myriad of risks associated with Bitcoin and products whose value is tied to crypto. Now, here's the thing, uh, Gary Genzer, 99% of illicit finance, and we know this because of the fake Wall Street Journal article, is done using the traditional financial system. That includes money laundering, that includes tax evasion, that includes sanction evasion, and that includes terrorist financing. How come that isn't mentioned? Right. It's obviously because they're more interested in a political agenda. You know, it's it's just it's absolutely disgusting. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised. Like, I'm surprised he didn't issue a statement on uh, the 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 proliferation and use of gold coins by pirates. <laughs> <laughs> look, look out, guys. This this is I mean, it's it's a it's an industrially used metal. And uh, but it is highly speculative and also pirates use it, guys. It's not it's not OK. You got to be careful there, dude. It, it's just so crazy, man. It, it's crazy. And, you know, like it's so obvious this stinks the highest heaven of yeah. of politics. Right. Um, here is another SEC commissioner's warning. Crenshaw, this person literally uh, like, hold on. I think I have a tweet that really summarizes how this person felt. Give me one second. It like straight up, just like that, because, uh, you know, they really, 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 really uh, got upset. Uh, so this is SEC Commissioner Crenshaw, um, and they said, I am deeply concerned about today's actions. I am concerned that these products will flood the market and land squarely in the retirement accounts of U.S. households who can least afford to lose their savings to the fraud and manipulation that appears prevalent in the spot Bitcoin markets and will impact the etps i mean like what about the fraud of fiat money like what about that fraud why is that never ever talked about you know anyways yeah I, they, I'm they don't talk about the manipulation of um you know the fed buying up just junk bonds and all this other shit through through other parts of the financial system the fed stepping in to to buy government bonds when nobody else will prop them up in order to it's it's again like let's point at bitcoin let's let's uh don't look behind the curtain please <laughs> yeah it's, it's just pure projection man it's pure projection and it's just like really sad and i and i and i really think like what it has to do uh what it really represents is just like projection by the central planners like uh here before i before i finish that 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 sent that that uh that statement that he made uh here's stefan he stefan deli and he hates bitcoin and like look at how backwards he has this right so he says bitcoin represents serfdom stagnation and subjugation to the tyranny of the discredited ideas from the middle ages fiat money represents a future of growth sovereignty and freedom in advanced information economy like what the f is he smoking bro you know, it's My so favorite, crazy. Somebody quote tweeted him and was like, this is North Korea levels of indoctrination here. A hundred percent. It's so crazy to me. Like it, they're like projecting onto us, you know, what it is they're guilty themselves. Yeah. Um, 
So it goes on to say, I am concerned that today's actions will create the, uh, Ben, what is that word? I didn't even know uh, that's a word. E- I've, I've not seen that word before to be. Premature? Impremature? Impremature? I don't Imprimature know. Impremature? <laughs> I, I guess it means premature. It's just a fancy way of saying it. Anyways, yeah. um, of commission approval and oversight of the on- underlying spot markets when really no such oversight exists. I am concerned that there will be confusion about what exactly these products are. Uh, they are not ETFs registered under the Investment Company Act of 1940. The ubiquitous products that today are used by millions, saving millions savings for retirement, and that investors may infer protections that do not, in fact, exist. I am concerned about what comes next when new, potentially more speculative products bearing greater risks of investor harm seek to list. We will hear a chorus of well-heeled voices saying that the SEC's hands are tied by the new standards that we have set. I fear that today we are setting ourselves up for tomorrow's failure, and it will be the investors that we have a duty to protect who will ultimately pay the price. I mean, how many times have they fit? Like, okay, all right, they have a duty to protect investors. All right, I, I really that's a that's a that's a saying that just sticks in my head. Um, this is the consumer this is the consumer protection bought, brought by the SEC. They can't even take responsibility for their own actions. Anyways. Um, on the other side of things, it seems like some representatives are bullish about this. Here's Tom Eb- Tom Emmer. He's the GOP majority whip. He says, this is a result of an emerging industry fighting for the future of this country against tremendous odds and prevailing over the tyrannical bureaucratic roadblocks. Uh, Nick Carter really hit the nail on the head when he said this. It was the judicial system that did this despite the best efforts of the executive. And Ben... Simply Sessions has caught, we na- we hit the nail on the head. We've been saying Operation Choke Point 2.0. We've been saying, you know, it seems like the Biden administration, they're really trying to isolate the industry. All the hostile language that has been coming out all of last year when we were covering this, man. They really tried. They d- they tried to do everything to stop this, and, it w- they- and they would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for uh, the judicial system, if it wasn't for the courts ruling in favor of, of you know these ETFs, right? Which is crazy. If we would have gone through the executive branch, they would have just kept denying it and denying it and denying it and denying it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nuts. Anyways, um, so this is uh, SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce, and she tells the other side of the story. Um, she says, first, our arbitrary and capricious treatment of applications in this area will continue to harm our reputation far beyond crypto. De- uh, crypto. Diminished trust from the public will inhibit our ability to regulate the markets effectively. This saga will taint future interactions between the industry and our staff and will dampen the rich, informative dialogue that best protects investors. She's absolutely right. Look at the last two days. She hit the nail on the head there, right? Um, Second, our disproportionate attention on these filings has diverted limited staff resources away from other mission-critical work. Over 10 years, likely millions of dollars of staff time has gone toward blocking these applications. Like, that that's a really strong statement, man. They spent 10 years, millions of taxpayer dollars to stop the inevitable, right? Yeah. Like, how is that for the good of people? I don't know. Third, our actions here have muddied people's understanding of what the SEC's role is. 
Congress did not authorize us to tell people whether a particular investment is right for them, but we have abused administrative procedures to withhold investments that we do not like from the public. Fourth, by failing to follow our normal standards and processes in considering spot Bitcoin ETPs, we have created an artificial, you mentioned this, Ben, an artificial frenzy around them. Had these products come to market in the way other comparable products typically have, we would have avoided the circus atmosphere in which we now find ourselves. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. They created a circus this week. They completely embarrassed themselves and they don't even take responsibility, which is the worst part yeah fifth we have alienated a generation of product innovators within our space our unreasonable approach to these applications has signaled that regulatory prejudice against new products and services can lead us to sidestep the law and unreasonably delay product launches the industry has logged hundreds of meetings has filed submissions withdrawals and amendments and ultimately had to resort to a costly legal battle to get us to today so I think this is the most base take by any member of the SEC. I think the other ones are cry harder. I'm really salty this got approved. But I think that this is the most accurate take because I think she hit the nail on the head on every single one of those well thought out points. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to see at least there was some dissent uh, in and around this. But like, again, 10, 10 years, like over a decade on this crap over a decade spent trying to say no the people are not allowed to take the fruits of their labor and allocate it as they see fit um but like how many years has it been since people have been able to speculate with cash settled futures which inherently you know can manipulate the price when there's no spot like it's it's just again the the combination of malice and incompetence here is staggering um yeah i don't know i'm i'm here for all the seething though i you know i love it I, when when there's when there's people in positions of power that are pissed it's prob probably good for bitcoin it's probably good for Bitcoin. And I, that was a great segue, Ben. We did not plan that uh, because, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of seething, I have for you guys, uh, I'm going to like it because I'm on Sophie's account because I broke my computer last week. Um, I have for you, ladies and gentlemen, Elizabeth Warren. The SEC is wrong on the law and wrong on the policy with respect to the Bitcoin ETF decision. Like, she sounds like a tyrant. Like clear, like the court ruled that they, they the SEC was wrong, right? Yeah. Um, the market wants this, and she's saying, "No, that's all wrong." I'm Elizabeth Warren. You have to listen to me. And she finishes off by saying, "If the SEC is going to let crypto burrow even deeper into our financial system, then it's more urgent than ever that crypto follow basic anti-money laundering rules." Again, it's the same narrative over and over and over and over again because, okay, this got this got pushed through, but now her next target is self-custody in the United States of America. That's her target, yeah. right? I, Elizabeth Warren does not want you using a money that doesn't steal from you. Plain and simple, massive win, but I think it's just, things are just going to get a little bit harder from here just because like a wounded animal uh, you know, pushed into a, a corner, that's when they're the most uh, dangerous. Yeah. I, I almost wonder if she's going to flail too hard, though. Like, she was already reaching, 
with some of the shit she was proposing. Like it was all, and she's got a horrible track record. I feel like she's going to be like, she's already got like the BDS, the Bitcoin derangement syndrome. Like it's, it's got to be dialed to 11 with this. And so I, I feel like she's going to come out the gate with, with things that are like so far off base and, and try to like overdo it so much that people will be even more dismissive than they have been. But some of the stuff she's probably going to propose at this point is going to be just totally out to lunch more so than it ever has been. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So yeah, big win for Bitcoin. And once again, I have to bring it back to this. Um, you know, it was literally approved the day that the legendary Hal Finney uh, tweeted this out so, so many years ago. So I think that's a full circle, absolutely historic on the, uh, on, in other news. And I did actually, I did a little bit more research on this. So I actually have a bit that I can read in regards to this. Um, but, uh, it seems like just because the spot Bitcoin ETF was approved, uh, other financial institutions have not allowed the trading, uh, the trading of it yet. One of them being Vanguard. Vanguard is, uh, I think, either the the second largest ma- uh, asset manager in the world, seven point seven trillion dollars uh, under management. Um, and I think Neil Jacobs hits the nail on the head here. He says, "I have a retirement account with Vanguard. I called them, and they said they will not be offering any of the Bitcoin ETFs." I'm working on transferring assets out of there. Then I close my Vanguard account. Terrible business decision by Vanguard. Uh, here's Stephen Lipka. Stephen Lipka says Vanguard, City, Merrill, Edward Jones, UBS are all being reported to not allow clients to trade the ETF. And Wells Fargo uh, Advisors, Morgan Stanley, Stone Compliance Review, Raymond James not offering it yet. So it seems like all these financial institutions, even though it's approved, um, are not allowing this. And I got a little bit of uh, some some backstory here. Um, this was a Bitwise uh, article that came up. And uh, he went on to say, the author said, everyone wants to know how much money will flow into Bitcoin ETFs. That's hard to say. I've seen long-term flow estimated estimates of 30 billion to 200 billion. But one thing we do know is that the flows won't, won't come all at once. In fact, it's more likely that they will build up over time. There's a reason for the slow buildup. For instance, although ETFs make it easy for many people to invest in an asset, they aren't automatically approved on all platforms. It takes time, for instance, for conservative wirehouse brokerages like Morgan Stanley and Merrill Lynch to approve new ETFs. So according to the Bitwise report, it seems like this was expected. But the awesome part about market forces is that they're driven on incentives and then you're going to have more. And then I think the Neil Jacobs is a great representation of this. You're going to have more people like Neil Jacobs that are going to say, Hey, you're not offering this. I'm going to take my business somewhere else. Imagine, imagine people that have accounts in those places that they were literally just waiting for this, which I mean, pretty much everybody watching this is, is likely just has Bitcoin in self-custody. But imagine being one of those people that was like, I would like exposure to this through an ETF. And imagine your brokerage says no. And so you're like, well, I'll just not. And then imagine missing out on, you know, the next year or two because they drag their heels on it. And imagine like all, everything that you're going to miss because of that. As a matter of fact, if you don't mind me sharing, I've got a meme for you to represent that. Uh, Absolutely. 
the the projection uh, the the protection provided by Vanguard for boomers uh, right here. That's <laughs> <laughs> Vanguard protecting boomers from all the green dildos that are coming their way. <laughs> the silent protector rope. That's that's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that really really hits a nail on the head. Yeah. It's, oh man. It, like it's again. Like what? What are you? What are you protecting us from? All of the massive upside and like, you know, high double digit gains that have plagued Bitcoin for its entire existence. Do, do, I think. I think they're just protecting themselves. Like I really think so. I think. I think eventually it just like you know. I, I think eventually. I uh, is. I think eventually all roads lead to Bitcoin. All roads lead to self custody Bitcoin. Once people realize that they're paying these crazy, crazy fees, and that they would rather they would have more Bitcoin if they watch the BTC sessions tutorial and learn how to take self custody, right? Um, so, anyways. Um, in other news, uh, everyone's getting excited about these ETFs, but it's important to remember, and this is the case that I was actually making this week, is you have two options, right? Option number one is, you know, perhaps going through slight difficulty and learning how to take self-custody and properly securing your backup wallet seed words and, uh, you know, getting yourself a hardware wallet. And the other option is to pay someone else to hold your Bitcoin they're going to custody it. And part of the terms and conditions, these are not my words. These are their words. Um, the trust will dissolve if any of the following events occur. A U.S. federal or state regulator requires the trust to shut down or forces the trust to liquidate its Bitcoin or seizes in pounds or otherwise restricts access to trust assets. So like, it, like it just use common sense. You have two options, right? Option number one, you take self-custody. You pay no fees and it's unconfiscatable. Option two, you pay fees and it can be confiscated with an executive order of which the U.S. has a history of doing that with the 6102 order, right? Option number one, option number two, uh, like really is the convenience that, that much worth it? I don't think so. Man, they shoved that right at the top of that list. <laughs> of all the things that could go wrong, we feel this one is the most important to outline. <laughs> it's so crazy, like it because they know, like you know, it's like the U.S. government gets in a pickle or this thing gets too popular. Popular rug pull. Here's Max Kaiser. He says, one government seizes the ETF for national security before they send you your U.S. dollars. Price moves up a hundred thousand. You pay tax on the gain from the payout with what's left. You buy Bitcoin at a hundred thousand higher. Price crashes. You're now sitting on a net losing position from where you started. Like I mean, like bro, like <laughs> is it is it that is it is it too crazy to say that? We have about a minute left, so I do want to uh, show this this video real quick. Um, and it's basically a member of the DOJ uh, admitting to Bitcoin's number go up technology. Uh, let's check it. I think this is one of Opti's ex-girlfriends too. Almost 120,000 Bitcoin, which at the time was worth approximately $71 million. Today, the value of that Bitcoin has grown to over $4.5 billion. <laughs> like... I I don't think they realize the self-own that they're doing to themselves. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you price your life in Bitcoin, 
uh, and you save in Bitcoin, everything gets cheaper. That's the beautiful part about number go up technology. Even housing, that's doubled really. In Miami, it's doubled in the last three or four years. Uh, housing is still 80% cheaper. And the dollar is 92% cheaper if you've been saving in Bitcoin for the last five years. Anyways, uh, dude, it is what a crazy week. Uh, but yeah. it gives us stuff to talk about, right? It does. It's 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 never not entertaining. Like there's <laughs> there's so much going on, and this this week cranked that dial right up. Um, and I'm here for it. Like it's again the the insanity of this week. Like it's been it's been a while since it's been this crazy. And like you know the the price action was has been like fine, but mostly it's just the hilarity. And and the the absolute clown show that has been our our institutions trying to pretend they have any control. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, dude. This is uh the nation states dying. Everyone's still playing pretend. Fiat money's dying, and they're just trying to hold on. They're trying to hold on to that privilege of being able to create money for free that everyone else has to work for. Anyways, guys, this was your simply sessions, Ben. I will see you next week. Later, man. And everybody else, stick around because we are quickly going to run through some tech updates and a few quick things that I want to get through before we round out. Uh, so I'll bring up my screen here. So first up, I just wanted to quickly make mention of the new Zeus wallet for mobile beta that just came out, 0.8.1. Uh, this supports Nostr contact import and uh, as well as point of sale and more. So some of the big things to outline here, uh, their new standalone point of sale, you can create a product list and manage it. You can manage product categories, price items in fiat or Bitcoin or mix and match. You can enable or disable tips. You can also set a tax percentage as an option if you want to do that. And then you can also review your sales. Uh, or if you do have a square terminal, you can actually tap into that as well. Um, that on top of the Nostra contact import, super awesome. Can't wait to play around with it. Zeus has been killing it lately. A uh, couple of good articles um, coming out from Shinobi, uh, writing over at Bitcoin Mag. Number one, this is on uh, Mercury Layer. So I previously did a video on something called Mercury Wallet, which is a privacy enhancing layer on top of Bitcoin. Um, a little complex, but I'll, I'll just quickly kind of uh, detail what's going on here. It used to be a little bit more, um, how do I put it? it? It wasn't censorship resistant. So like, you know, if somebody were to come down and, and shut down what's known as a coordinator, then that that could be a problem. It's gotten a lot better and it's also gotten a lot more private. Uh, but basically, uh, Mercury Layer today uh, was released. It's an improved version of their variation of a state chain. So state chains, they're essentially um, like payment channels in many ways, like on Lightning, uh, except for they are a collaboratively shared UTXO with pre-signed transactions as a mechanism of last resort for people to enforce their own ownership or take ownership of the portion of that UTX they owe they own. Uh, the major difference between Lightning Channel and state chain is the parties involved in collaboratively sharing the UTXO and how ownership of an enforceable claim against it transfers to other parties. Unlike Lightning, which is created and shared between two static participants, a state chain is opened with a facilitator slash operator and can be freely transferred in its entirety between any two participants who are willing to trust the operator to be honest and completely off, uh, to be honest, and this can be done completely off chain. 
Someone wishing to load a state chain collaborates with the operator to create a single public key that the creator and the operator both hold a share of the corresponding private key with neither having a complete copy of the key. From here, they pre-sign a transaction allowing the creator to claim back coins after the time lock. Uh, so it's it's this funky way of, again, being able to partially own a UTXO as you would in a lightning channel, but you're not having to actually set up liquidity. And because there's a coordinator, you coordinate with them and you can basically transfer those funds to anybody that you like. And this is active and available now. Now, there's not like a, an easy to use like interface or wallet or anything like that yet, but it is there. It is being built um, and very exciting. So yet another way to scale Bitcoin in a private way. And also this version of state chains with Mercury Layer is much more private um, because the coordinator cannot actually see what you own or, or even know what they're signing, which is awesome. Um, another update, uh, also written by Shinobi here, Breeze announces Fiat Link, a lightning to Fiat API standard. Basically, um, it's a competitive and streamlined solution to integrate Fiat uh, to Bitcoin transfers for wallet and application developers to integrate. So basically, if you've ever had a Bitcoin wallet and it says like buy Bitcoin in the app, um, typically those, those bridges are a pain in the ass if you've ever actually tried to use one. And on top of that, most of them don't really work with Lightning. This is just a simple API that apps can really easily plug into and operate with. And then you can have like an entire host of, of options in terms of buying Bitcoin from directly within your Lightning app. So kind of cool. Um, we'll see how it plays out. But Breeze has been putting in a lot of work making uh, standards available for people to utilize. And that's why we're seeing a lot of development in and around Lightning wallets right now. Uh, moving on, uh, Rockstar Dev over at BTC Pay Server just did a video on how to use CoinJoin and PayJoin within BTC Pay Server. Um, yeah, so more or less, you can unlock the privacy of your Bitcoin transactions with comprehensive guide on BTC Pay uh, Server's CoinJoin and PayJoin features. Um, basically, they say this all started a couple of months ago with drama of not being able to withdraw from exchanges to certain addresses. With this setup, you can now easily withdraw to your BTC Pay server and your coins will be auto-forwarded to your cold storage in the end after having been coin joined. So anyways, uh, cool. And I love to love it when Rockstar puts out new content. Uh, Phoenix Wallet, also update on iOS. Now you can have the inbound liquidity feature. I love this because a lot of people, like in terms of Lightning wallets, you're basically going custodial option, which are disappearing from the US or you've got some sort of automated option or you're running a full Lightning node. And not everything has been super seamless unless you are kind of deferring all responsibility and taking custodial, which is not ideal, I would say. Phoenix has been my go-to for a while. They just added a feature where you can basically tap a button and you can pay to get a huge inbound channel to your Phoenix wallet and it will last for a full year. So I pitched some sats. I got like a 10 million sat channel open to me. So I have no worries about receiving inbound transactions anymore. And I can just seamlessly use my Lightning wallet all the time. So I'm super glad they just had it on Android for a while, but now it is also available on iPhone. So check it out if you are so inclined. Um, last couple of things here. I just dropped a tutorial earlier in the week on 
how to consolidate your UTXOs. If you've been buying small amounts of Bitcoin and consistently sending them to your wallet over and over and over again, immediately after purchasing, then basically you've got a bunch of tiny pieces of Bitcoin sitting in your wallet and that can really, really screw you if you go to move a meaningful amount later and the fees are high. The fees are low right now. So if I were you, and it sounds like you having DCA'd and bought like $50, $100 chunks of Bitcoin for an extended period of time, you need, you need to consolidate some UTXOs and get them into bigger chunks because you will get absolutely screwed on fees if you don't get your house in order. So go do it now. This should be your weekend homework because it's something that you should know about. Uh, just search up again, uh, search up UTXO consolidation. Uh, it is on YouTube and it was just dropped earlier this week. So go do some learning. Also tomorrow, why are we bullish? Uh, we have Dennis Porter. We've had a lot of uh, positive news in the realm of uh, protecting self-custody at the state level. And uh, that's been in large part uh, due to Dennis and the work he's doing with Satoshi Action Fund. So we're going to have him chatting. We're also having uh, Jaime, uh, who's doing a lot of work with My First Bitcoin or Me Premier Bitcoin. And, uh, and then we've got uh, Mr. Rich Swisher, and he's from uh, Motive Peru that is also building out a uh, circular economy down in Peru, which is awesome. So it should be a good time. That is tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Please do go ahead and bookmark that. Hit that like button early, and uh, we'll see you in the live chat there tomorrow. Uh, and with that, I'm going to round out. Thank you guys so much for being here. Of course, like, subscribe, share. All those things help a ton. You can also hit up the previously mentioned sponsors down below. Uh, those were Hoddle Hoddle, Coin Kite, Seed or Nunchuck, and Start Nine. And of course, if you really want to help out and you need some help yourself, uh, maybe you've been watching tutorials, but you need some extra handholding. Well, you can head over to my website, btcsessions.ca, and you can book me for individual one on one private sessions to go through whatever you want, whether it be self custody, hardware, multi sig, lightning, nodes. UTXO consolidation, like I just covered. Of course, check out the free tutorials. That's what they're there for. But if you need extra help, that's what the, the uh, book sessions are for. There's a QR code on the screen too that you can scan to take yourself directly there. Or if you're listening on the pod, btcsessions.ca is where you're heading. And uh, before I log off, I see a good question in the chat. What's a good minimum number of sats for a UTXO amount? I would say at this point in time, it's advisable to have UTXOs that are larger than 1 million sats, which at the time of this video is around 470 bucks. Uh, think of on-chain as your long-term savings. Think of lightning and pot potentially liquid if you're okay with trade-offs as your spending mechanism. The majority of your stuff, large UTXOs in cold storage, the if you're just spending day to day, then that kind of stuff, if it's a tiny portion of your stack and you're just using it um, simply like that, then it is up to you what kind of trade-offs you're willing to make. But I really like Phoenix Wallet for that. And I do use Liquid quite regularly as an in-between mechanism, but it's not for everybody. So make your own decisions with that. Anyways, guys, I'm going to round out there. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, of course, I will be seeing you guys uh, tomorrow for Why Are We Bullish? Um, have a wonderful day or evening, wherever you may be. See you guys next time for your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin.